Schlumpertude Nation Tourist Board. It's that time of the week to listen to an audiobook. And this time, it's the journey. So, sit back, relax, and listen. Introduction Oi, shut up and listen. If you need toy, skip it, if we'll name mind. This time. But just ye wait. Just ye. Wait. It would get ye. It would. Done it? Good. Ah, is that enough for an introduction? What? No, I leave it like that. I said leave it. Forward. Hello. My name's Joel. Sam forced me to write a foreword to this thing, but please don't take that to mean that I actually approve of anything at all written in it. Perhaps I should explain. Sam is my friend, but captor would probably be a better choice of word. All I know is that I woke up one morning, and this land of Schlampitude Nation was all there was. There's a nagging thought in the back of my mind that perhaps there's another land across the sea somewhere, and then I'm from there. That I had gone on some sort of trip, got lost, got amnesia, and here I am, but that's all pure imagination. I can't remember anything other than being Sam's friend. I'm essentially a slave, but that probably doesn't mean what you think it means. I'm not mistreated other than having no freedom to go against Sam's will. And as much as that sounds like a prison, nature itself doesn't seem to have the freedom to go against Sam's will, so I can't really complain. Maybe Sam's God and I'm an angel. No, an angel wouldn't be this miserable all the time, and definitely wouldn't know better than God. I think Sam's just an anomaly. Anyway... Sam has decided to write a book in order to help the Schlampitude Nation Tourist Board, and I have the unenviable task of transcribing it for him. He denied me the ability to edit it, correct his way of speaking, or do anything remotely sensible with it, so please allow me to apologise in advance. He also insisted on not recording anything I said, so half the time it's a one-sided conversation. He doesn't understand most things. I hope you enjoy reading it. Sam will force you to read it anyway, so you may as well at least get some enjoyment out of it. And by the way, Sam will call me Ollie. It's probably best not to ask. That's what I've learned to do anyway. Joel Chapter 1 Start nigh? Okay. Hey! What's that on the horizon? asked the Prime Minister of Heebie-Jeeb. His left-hand man quickly put a glove on and pointed at around somewhere. God, oh, this isn't a very good start. What would he have seen? I think ye might know. Because I said so, Ollie. What are ye, an idiot? 
Sure did. I think he saw a ship, and it was flying a flag of Schlompertude Nation. The left-hand man reached out and scribbled out the flag, and everyone started to cry. The end. Chapter 2 I need to keep going. This storytelling job isn't funny at all. Oh, that's all ye ever say. Working a job isn't bad. Get a job. Stop kicking me. He ne'er shut up. Well, I'll shut ye up. Eat me face and call me Jiminy Glynn. I'll write ye a story, one ye'll ne'er forget. And I'll call it The Wolves of Willoughby Chase. What? No, they haven't. Fine, then. We can call it Sam gets on a plane, goes on a journey, eats some fish and has a nice time, then comes home. No, it's fine. All right, have it your way. We'll call it The Yearney. Pity me, I thought this would be easier. Welcome to The Yearney. A tale of two parts, with each part split into ten portions, and each portion having a chapter written on it. This is Chapter Toy. So we're nearly finished, really. Yes, yeah, all right, I'm getting there. You ready? Once upon a time, there was a boy called Sam. Sam was a lovely, lovely boy with lots of friends. And he was called Ollie. Yes, it's a boy, ye. Fine. And Ollie said, My name is not Ollie. Because he didn't know anything. <laughs> Sam and Ollie decided they wanted to go on a nice journey. So they walked out the door and started off in that direction. After walking for a bit, Ollie wouldn't shut up moaning about getting wet. So they turned round and walked in the direction of the land, not the sea. He pity annoying like that. They walked down the road, towards the edge of Tyne, and stopped at the shop for a packet of crisps. Hello, said the shopkeeper, grinning broadly. My name is Jimmy Glenn. Sam looked at him, straight in his silly fat face. Hey, ye, said Sam. You're not Jimmy Glenn. He didn't have a moustache. Pity, said the fat shopkeeper, as he pulled his apron up over his face. That's better, said Sam. No, give me some crisps. The shopkeeper pulled the apron down angrily and shouted at Sam very rudely. Get out! They shouldn't they nigh about Jiminy Glynn. But, started Ollie as the shopkeeper gave him a big kick. No, get out! If Glynn's not got a moustache, then I've got things to do. He slammed the shop door and locked it. He shouted through the glass. Ooh, a gum mag! Sam and Ollie paused, threateningly. I can do that if I want them to, it's my book. Fine, Sam paused threateningly, and Ollie did a silly dance all on his own. <laughs> all right. Ollie pushed the letterbox open and said, We didn't quite catch that. Would you mind repeating yourself, please? Shopkeeper bent down and spoke back through the letterbox. I said, do nay come back. I have no time to give ye crisps if Jimmy Glynn's not got a moustache. I bid ye good day. Good day, said Sam, and he opened his packet of crisps. Where did you get that? asked Ollie. From the shop, said Sam. But, oh, never mind, said Ollie. Where will we go now? Well, that shopkeeper was acting a bit fishy, if you ask me. Let's go round the back. Sam and Ollie tiptoed to the corner of the shop and peeked round the back. As they watched, the shopkeeper leapt onto a fish wagon and sailed away into the sunset. 
No, he sailed. Okay, fine. He drove the wagon because he's boring. But nigh the sun was setting in the opposite direction, so that bit's wrong tie. Happy nigh? After him, cried Ollie. Sam gave the rest of his crisps to the local farmhand, saying, If ye invest these wisely, ye never nigh how ye might get rewarded. Hey, I understand what I want, Toy. This is my story. Shut up. Sam and Ollie climbed onto a bicycle and set off after the shopkeeper. Sam wasn't comfortable, so he climbed onto the top deck. OK, I'm getting fed up of calling in the shopkeeper every time. Can I give him a name? Fine. His name's Lord and Lady Gertrude von Winklehopper, the 67th in Cointing. I do not care. All right, he goes by Gertie for short. Gertie sped away, and Sam and Ollie cycled after him. Chapter 3 Sam and Ollie were cycling down the road at breakneck speed. Ollie didn't like it, but Sam thought it was funny. Because it was, Ollie. OK, he spoiled everything. He slowed down a bit and saw a familiar sight looming on the horizon. A creaky noise caught their attention, and they slowly pulled up to it. The eerie sound of a child's laughter caught on the breeze. Sam and Ollie looked at it expectantly. What? No, it is to build a sense of dread and anticipation. No, it does no matter if I understand what it means, Ollie. You said it that one time. Fine. They looked at the playground, and Sam said to Ollie... I want to go in the swings. Ollie did that thing when you sigh and roll your eyes. <laughs> it is funny when you do that. And they approached the swings. Sam took a ladder out of his pocket and climbed into the nearest swing. Push me, Ollie, he cried joyously. Ollie said, I can't reach, Sam. Sam looked at him with a menacing gleam in his eye and said, Die it. Ollie reached out gingerly and sent Sam swinging. Whee! he yelled as the swing went higher and higher. Sam swung back and forth, watching the world change shape in front of his eyes and thinking about what had just happened. Why did Gertie have a problem with Jiminy Glynn's face? Was there a link between Jiminy Glynn having a moustache and the collapse of the trethead the day before? So many questions, so little time. Ollie decided that he wanted to have some fun as well, so he wandered over to the roundabout. He sat miserably on it and pushed himself round, while Sam's squeals of delight scared off the little children. Ollie pondered on the fact that he'd never noticed a child in Schlumpertude Nation before, and looked down at his feet. As the roundabout continued to spin, Ollie spotted something speeding past. A white rabbit! He thought that was interesting, because he'd never seen a rabbit in Schlumpertude Nation either. But that led him to a more interesting thought. Was it more surprising that he'd seen a rabbit, or that the rabbit's waistcoat seemed to be on back to front? Wait a minute, he exclaimed, categorically. No, but it doesn't matter, Ollie. They're long words, so they make it sound better. Let me tell the story, it's just getting exciting. Ollie tried to get off the roundabout, but it was going too fast. He called to Sam. Did you just see that rabbit? Sam looked over from the swings and jumped down, alphabetically. OK, fine, acrobatically. Sam yogged over to the roundabout and grabbed it. 
Ollie shot off and crashed into a pile of hay. Hey, cried Sam. That's called a pun, Ollie. Oh, really? Well, if you don't watch out, I'll pun ye right in your noise. Ollie climbed out of the hay and asked again, Did you see the rabbit? Yes, said Sam. He ran off in that direction. Didn't it strike you as a bit odd? Sam thought for a moment and concluded, Yes, it did. Let's follow it. The tracks were clear enough once they knew what they were looking for. They followed them for about half an hour until they led them into a cave. Oh, scary, said Ollie. I know, yelled Sam, as tears poured down his cheeks and into his neat tweet City FC football shirt. I can't bear it, Captain. What? Oh, nothing. Let's go in. Sam and Ollie stepped forwards and entered the darkness of the cave. Chapter 4 Ollie, I've decided it shouldn't have been a cave. A cove. A cove. Yes, it is. All right, there's a river in front of it. The rabbit's paw prints were on stepping stones. But not the first one, because he slipped into the water. That's how he left paw prints. See, not an idiot. Sam and Ollie crept into the cove, listening to the water lapping against the foot of the cove entrance. Sam looked at Ollie. I like being in coves, he said. It's like being at a fun fair, isn't it? No, Sam, said Ollie, his head falling onto his chest. He quickly picked it up and put it back on his neck. How did that happen? he asked. Sam looked smug. This cove just keeps on going, doesn't it? I hope we can have a sandwich soon. A sandwich, Ollie. You eat them all the time. You're starting to annoy me. The cove was getting darker, but as they rounded a corner, they saw a faint light coming from an opening down the tunnel. It meant leaving the rabbit tracks for a moment, but they decided to look in case there was a sandwich there. They looked into a large open space with a park bench in the middle. Two young men were sitting on it, each wearing a dressing gown and a long scarf. Lichman Arnold! cried Sam in delight. Ich have nae seen ye in ages. Ich nae, said Lichp, and Arnold stood up to greet him. What are you doing? asked Sam. Lichp and Arnold looked at each other. Ollie looked between the two of them until his gaze rested on Lichp, and Arnold decided to speak up. We were just settling down to read the book of the prophecy. He was looked at in awe by Lichp, and Arnold nodded respectfully. Ollie turned to Sam. Who are these two? he asked. Lichp and Arnold, all three of them responded together. Yes, I can see that, but what's all this about a book of prophecy? Lichp and Arnold looked expectantly at Sam. Sam explained, It all came into being in the summer of 1345, where the great-grandmothers of Lichp and Arnold's great-grandfathers bumped into one another in the street. A passing salesman spotted that these two bore a striking resemblance to the people on cover of book he was trying to sell. He said to them that one day a man would be born whose name would be Lichp, and Arnold would become his friend and travelling companion. The ancestors bought the book and noticed quickly that nothing in it was happening, so they left it in their will to Lichp, and Arnold's being born would be the trigger to give it to him. Isn't that right, Lichp? And Arnold's name wasn't given to him just because of his great-grandfather's will, said Ollie, cynically. 
Nay, said Lip, and Arnold shouted in agreement. Many prophecies in it have come try since we started reading Pitt. Ollie's shoulders slumped, and he looked at Sam. And I suppose we're going to read one now, are we? Oh, said Sam, his eyes lighting up. Can we, Lip? And Arnold, would that be all right with ye? Of course, Lip and Arnold replied. Let us begin. Lip and Arnold sat down on the bench, and the book was pulled out from the dressing gown of Lip, and Arnold started to lick his lips. Let's read Pitt, said Lip, and Arnold flicked fry the pages until today's bit of the book came into view. Are you ready? asked Lip, and Arnold began to read out loud. Channels of molten lava open into deep seas of orange peel. Once gone, near returning, and the idle plane remains on an even keel. Open the window, lest the clouds cover the sky, and one of ye trip over a paper clip on fire. A cherry pip and a nice mince pie make ye and me unwell, I feel. Tis clear what tis saying, said Lip, and Arnold agreed. Tis. Ye must go on a long journey, longer than ye have ever gone on before. Ye must tread carefully, and gain for your elf a loyalty card at the stock supermarket, only one of which exists in all of Schlumberjude Nation. Lip and Arnold leant away from each other until they fell onto the floor, and they rolled away. In one direction went Lip, and Arnold went in the other direction, until Sam and Ollie were left alone with the bench. Ollie looked at Sam pleadingly, and Sam said, Come on then, Ollie, off tie this sock supermarket. Chapter 5 Sam's fine rang. He looked at it. How did this become unplugged? he asked Ollie. Ollie looked a combination of confused and depressed. Why don't you just answer it? he asked. He turned and muttered to himself. I've just stopped asking questions about reality now. I simply accept it. What's happening to me? He slowly began to sob. Hello, said Sam. The fine continued to ring. Oh, yes, I remember, he said, picked up the fine and held it to his ear. Hello? Hello, came the voice on the other end. Who's this? My name is Sam. Who's this? Oh, thought it was you. What are you doing? Eating some meat, said Sam. Ollie looked up, and then turned back to crying. What are you doing? Oh, you know, bit of this and a bit of that. Who am I? Sam paused. You still there? the voice asked. Yes. Did you just ask me who ye are? Yes. How am I supposed to know? Well, can't you see me? No, you're on the fine. Oh, yes. Give me a minute. The fine clicked dead and Sam and Ollie heard hurried footsteps round the corner. Should we hide? asked Ollie. No, said Sam, this is just getting interesting. The footsteps drew closer, and a man wearing flippers and a colander for a hat appeared. Cousin stupid, said Sam, and he ran over and gave him a hug. Why didn't you just say it was ye? Forgot, said Cousin stupid. I'm having a bit of a stupid day. Pity standard, really. What's happening? asked Sam. Cousin Stupid began to tell his tale. Cousin Stupid had woken up that morning with a bit of a headache. He didn't have any tablets, but he did have some mints which looked a bit like tablets, so he ate all of those 
but it didn't get any better. He tried shiting for a bit, but it just made it worse. So he played some music as loud as possible. He tried everything, but didn't get anywhere. So he climbed on his tractor and went to the doctor. When he got there, the doctor was so annoyed with him, he just kicked him out, even though he was meant to be a doctor. The nerve of some people. So Cousin Stupid got on the bus. Take me home, he said, but the bus driver said he wasn't going there. After an hour, he got off and started to walk toward the wood, because he remembered that he had wood in his house, so maybe this was close. The path seemed as if it went both sides of a tree at once, which is confusing, isn't it? I wonder Cousin Stupid thought that running right through the middle of the tree would get him to... other side. But apparently no, just knocks you out. A naughty tree. Anyway, when he woke up, he thought he'd give Sam a fine call to invite him to a party. A party? asked Sam. That sounds exciting. Oh, no, not a party, said Cousin Stupid. I meant to say that I wanted to ask you if you'd sign this photo of me. He handed over a hand-drawn picture of a cup of tea. This isn't ye, Cousin Stupid, said Sam. Cousin Stupid looked disappointed. He looked at Sam, then down at the picture. But it looks like me, he said, holding back tears. No, it doesn't, said Sam, putting an arm round him. It's a cup of tea. At that, Cousin Stupid stopped. Oh, yes, I always get them mixed up. I'd like a cup of tea, actually. See you in a bit. Cousin Stupid sprinted away. Yes, Ollie, you may speak. Oh, Cousin Stupid just did some stuff. No, it doesn't have toy. Hey, shut it, ye. It's my story anyway. Write your own if you got such good ideas. Start the next chapter. Join in next time for another exciting instalment of The Yearney. Bye.